0: really wanted you know we've been in a series called the two parts of life and uh, we are definitely not done with that series Uh, but I felt like we were supposed to break tonight from that for uh, a little bit and what I want to give you tonight is um, has anybody ever felt like that they anybody right now you need something or maybe you just feel like I need more of God's best I need God's best like I don't I don't I might have been dealing with lack myself up until this point but right now I could use some of God's best anybody ever felt like that or how many people think you might hit one of those moments again if you're doing really good right now maybe just maybe you might hit one of those moments again Um, but you just need God's best Uh, so tonight there's something that has really been kind of sitting on me this week and it's two major keys to moving into and staying in God's best and uh, let's go ahead and turn to uh, Galatians chapter 5 and I'm going to skip around a little bit but uh, I want you to really see this two major keys to God's best and why is it before we even give the keys or before we even begin to talk about God's best, why is it important for us to walk in God's best? Why is that? You know, because some people would look at you and say, well, you just want God's best. You're just out for you, right? And, uh, but there's a, you know, there's a problem with that. You know, first of all, the world, they're looking for answers. And if we're not operating in God's best... For us, then, then they're not going to have the answers that they need. And in uh, Corinthians, I think it's 2 Corinthians nine eight, I believe, is the verse. It says that he wants us to be able to have an abundance. In that verse, the context is he wants us to be able to be walking in an abundance. And abundance is God's best. And in God's best, through that abundance, there you go. You may have an abundance for every good deed so without this abundance we don't move into every good deed and we understand also through the context of the full a uh, full council of scripture we understand that God's best moves us to the place where God is glorified God's not glorified when we're not moving in his best. And how could we ever move in his best without being doing every good deed that we had potential to do? So we're not going to move into God's best unless we know how to get there. And without moving into God's best, we're not going to do every good deed that God has for us. Therefore, we're not going to be the fullness of the ambassadors that God's called us to be. And God would then not be fully glorified the way that he should be glorified through us loving on this world. Okay? So we want God's best not because we're just looking to fill our pockets and not because and I'm not talking just money or finances, not because we just want uh you know, stuff for us, whether it be tangible or intangible. We want God's best because God wants the best for us is the first thing and he wants the best for us so that out of the overflow and out of the abundance we move into every good deed so that God will be glorified. Can you see the progression that God has us moving toward? So this is not a uh, selfish thing. This is actually humility, seeing what God's plan is and then getting in line with God's plan. So without us moving into God's best, then we're outside of God's plan and then we're going to be wondering, and the world is too, what's missing? See, the world right now is looking for the power and the, real, the, the reality of God, the reality of his love, the reality of his demonstration of power and, and his manifestation. The world is looking for that, something that's real, something that's true. And the truth is, the church has not fully been operating at his best. And so when they go to the world and say, we we got Jesus, but they don't come with the demonstration of Jesus and the reality of his best, then the world knows the difference. In their spirit, they know that ain't his best. That's not it. That's not it at all. And so the world says, why would I want what you have? And what it does is it actually has like an anti-testimony against Jesus. So we need to press in by faith to God's best so that we would have an abundance for every good deed. So we want, this is why we press in to God's best. We understand that increase is the character and the desire of God for our lives. Look at the parable of the talents increases there we need God's best well not only that all right now that's the first and the most important reason because that is loving on God but here's the other thing how many people just need uh, God's best in their own lives like I need I you know yeah I want to help everybody else too but I seriously need some of God's best you know anybody you know that's Well, God's very interesting in meeting that need. God is so interested in meeting the need and bringing his best to you. That is the uh, primary interest of God's heart. So what does he do? He affords us uh, the gift of righteousness, which gives us everything. Um, Look at this. Let's go to uh, real quick. We're going to turn Turn away from there. And let's go to Peter. I think it's 1 Peter. I believe this is the correct scripture. And if it's not, we're going to blame it on somebody in the back rows. Okay? (laughs) Amen. All right. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Another great verse. Now look at here. Uh, 2 Peter 1, 3. This verse is very similar to Ephesians 1, 3. Ephesians 1, 3 says that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. 2 Peter 1, 3 says this, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who, was, who called us by his own glory and excellence. What pertaining to life and godliness have we not been granted? Not a thing. Not a thing. In other words, now, when when it says life right there, uh, we know we've studied this long enough now. What is that talking about? Is that talking about just a little bit of life? Is that talking about life and health? No, is that, is that not not that only? Is it talking about life in your finances? Not that only. It, we know from John 10, 10, I came that you might have life and we know by study that that life means life in every area of your life and it means that he's not just bringing a little bit and giving you a shot in the arm. He's dumping the whole of vat of oil on top of you. The life of God is full and overflowing. So then he says this, Now, knowing that about life, that his divine power, this power that's divine and holy, there's no error, there's no corruption in it, has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him. In other words, as we grow in the true knowledge of who he is, what has been granted to us through Jesus pertaining to life and the fullness of life and pertaining to godliness and how to live out godliness, everything you ever need, want, or desire is what that means. Brian's paraphrase. Everything you need, want, or desire, it's been granted to you. It's been granted to you. That's God's best. Healing? I can have healing? Absolutely. That's in there. I can have uh, no lack in my finances? Absolutely. That's in there. I don't have any more condemnation? No. Not a bit. Because it's all covered. Because God has given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. I can be protected? Yes. Yes. I can be made whole and restored. Yes, everything. It's already been granted. It's already been granted. Well, this is God's best. But are we walking in it? Well, some of it. But can we walk in more? We talked about that verse uh, um, last week. We were talking about the verse that says in uh, 1 Corinthians, I believe believe it is, And it talks about that we can increase the harvest of our righteousness. That means that there's ways that we can walk out higher levels and receive higher levels of what God has paid for through Jesus Christ. And if we're going to walk in God's best to be a better witness and let him be glorified, then we've got to learn how to walk in those higher levels. And what we're talking about tonight is two of those major keys to walking in. And when I tell them to you, you're going to be like, well, duh, Pastor. I know. Well, duh. But I'm telling you, the reason I'm telling you this tonight is because we need to esteem what I'm going to tell you. We need to put it, we need to take these godly things, and we've known about them, but we need to meditate on them. Allow the Holy Spirit to draw them up inside of us. Allow them to come out of us and fill us and overflow us. So let's look here at Galatians chapter 5. And one of the things that I want you to think about and put this in context of tonight, I don't fully know how this is going to connect everything, but one thing that I want you to keep in mind is that... um, The two keys that we need to move into more of God's best is humility and patience. Those are the two keys. And I know that you've heard that before. But I'm telling you, I don't think we realize how important these two keys are. But in in the context of that, one of the things I want you to pay attention to is as we read some scriptures on this, see how many times it talks about serving one another, humbling ourselves to each other, and bringing that patience and that humility to one another. There's something in that tonight that God wants us to get because this is moving to God's best and increasing the harvest of our righteousness. So uh, let's go into uh, Galatians uh, 5.13. It says, For you were called to freedom, freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. In other words, what, you know, what he's saying here is that you have freedom in Christ and, and all things are lawful. But what he's saying here again in another way is just because all things are lawful doesn't mean that all things are profitable or all things are beneficial. Not all things are going to increase the harvest of your righteousness. All things are not going to do that. And a lot of times we have, uh, this is almost exactly what it's talking about, because you notice the next uh, sentence says, uh, or the finish of that sentence says, but through love, serve one another. Serve one another. So um, <laughs> this, is a, this is a funny story that just happened today. So uh, Tara, Tara helps at the office here and helps serve and work. And she was telling me today about how when she's driving, uh, these butterflies will just run out in front of the car, and, um, and, and she hates doing that. And uh, one of the things, you know, all of us have different strengths, and one of hers is empathy, where she, she feels that. She, like when you are in, in pain, uh she has a strength that feels that well it it expands to other things it expands to just loving on on things and and like that she didn't like to drive in front of the butterflies now here's empathy i'm not sure i even have a much of that in me at all (laughs) and and so when she's telling me this story i'm thinking and now and understand, in my head, I'm thinking back when I was a kid and we used to, you know, hit fireflies and watch them go, you know. And I didn't even tell her that story this morning because here's the thing. I'm coming from one end of the spectrum. She's coming from the other. And I don't kill fireflies now on purpose. But I did when I was a kid because I didn't know any better. And, but we're on different ends of the spectrum in that area. But here's the thing, here's what I wanted to do, here's what my flesh wanted to do. I wanted to, my flesh, because I'm, she's on one end of the spectrum and I'm on the other, which, that's not a bad thing. I, we need that. And let me just give this in, in relationships, in, in marriages. Wives, you don't want your husband to think like you. Trust me, that would be miserable. <laughs> Husbands, you don't want your woman to think like you. Trust me, that would be miserable. We are created different for a purpose because we bring a, a wholeness when we come together as one. Okay? So when we're on two sides of the spectrum, with two people in the body of christ whether it's a husband or a wife or whether you know it's like this end of the spectrum with empathy and and i have empathy but it's in a different way it's a it's like a different form and i don't i don't feel that i'm i if i run into a butterfly i'm like oh i wish i had not have done that and then i don't think about it ever again you know and uh, but that's different for her that the way she was telling the story she was like reliving some of that and that's a good thing because when somebody has a need, uh, she is one of the best people to rise up and meet that need. I have a different calling. She has a different calling. But because we're on different ends of the spectrum, here's what happens in that area. I wanted she started talking about that, and that's a foreign way of thinking to me. And what do I want to do in my flesh? I want to pick on that. I want, I want to make fun of that, right? And I'm telling you, I thought about this was just this morning. I was thinking about it just this morning. I was like, I wanted to tell some gruesome story, you know, that just, just was so unempathetic, you know. But here's the question. And sometimes that can be fun in jest. But see here, sometimes I know on on her side, she sees me doing things and sometimes she wants to make fun of me as well in that. And and I'm, I'm okay with that, you know. I'm like, Bring it on, you know. That's the unempathy side, you know. But she would never do it because she didn't want anybody to feel that way. But here's the thing. In my flesh, I wanted to jest and poke fun about something that to her and her calling and her strength is very important. Would that, if I was jesting in that way, particularly if I was harshly jesting, would that or would that not be love? Not really. And see, this is what this is talking about right here. It says, for you were called into freedom. freedom. So for example, I have some freedom you know, to not feel bad if I run into a butterfly. I have some freedom from that. But would it be right or not be right if I turn that freedom into an opportunity of the flesh to make fun, but it says, this is not the way you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to love through love, serve one another. So what I did this morning, even though I felt my flesh want to do something, I, I, I tried to empathize with that empathy. you know I tried to I tried to feel what she was feeling, and see that from her point of view. Even though I have freedom, I am under no condemnation at all if I run into a firefly or a butterfly going down the road. I'm just not, and that may be funny. See, everybody that's on my side is laughing right now, and everybody else is like, oh my gosh, and that's the difference between the two. But see, I have a freedom from that. But just because I have a freedom from it doesn't mean that I should take that freedom into my flesh and then start picking on that in somebody else. This is humbling myself. Even though I have a freedom, I'm humbling myself to others. Amen? Does that make sense? And watch this. Verse 14. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If I was very, uh, if one of my highest priorities or one of my highest giftings was out there on the table and it was something that was important to me because that's part of the way that God made me, would I want somebody making fun of that? No. And if they did make fun of that, do they really understand what's going on? Are they actually making fun in ignorance and definitely out of humility and definitely out of love? And are they serving the other? No, all of that is wrong, wrong, wrong. So humility says, all right, I need to start, this is my major point. I need to start thinking about others and from their point of view. I need to be thinking about other people and from their point of view. And I really appreciate, you know, I didn't ask Tara if I could use that example, but thank you for playing along. And, uh, but it's a really good example of exactly what this verse here is talking about. Here is the whole law. Love your neighbor as yourself. How can you love your neighbor unless you humble yourself to them and how can you love your neighbor unless you give them some patience? In other words, uh, you know, let's say that I, I did, let's say that I, I did pick on that situation, right? Well, loving the neighbor for me would have been not to do that. Loving the neighbor for Tara in that instance which I, you know, I didn't pick, Which just to set the record straight, everybody, I didn't pick, did I, Terry? I left it alone, amen, <laughs> thank you, high five, all right, so, um, but let's say that I did, that would not be love on my part, but what would love be on her part, even if I did pick on that, it would have patience, Lord, I know, pastor's growing, Help him, Lord. I humble myself. I'm not going to say anything here, but please forgive him. He's growing. You know, and I got stuff like that to work on, too. But you know what? We need to have some patience towards one another. What do we want when we've got areas? What do you want when you've got areas to work on? What do you want from people when you know you're doing something wrong, you're trying to fix it, but it just ain't going quite that way yet? What do you want? Man, I want some mercy. I want some, that's patience and humility from somebody else to me. Now, those are the things that you do know that you're doing wrong. What about the things that you don't know that you're doing wrong? Because, you know, deception means that you are deceived. In other words, there's stuff in you right now that you're deceived over. You don't even know you're doing it wrong. But everybody else around you might know you're doing it wrong, you know. And what do you want in that situation? Have you ever, and what would you want if you didn't know you were doing something wrong? Mercy, patience, and some humility from other people around you. Some, some forgiveness in that area. Patience and humility are two key points here. Patience. Hey, they're growing, you know let's say let's say that john uh comes in and and um i don't know let let's just say that uh he has um uh, uh, some major issue let's let's say that that he constantly makes bad confessions but he doesn't even know it like we've been talking about good confessions and bad confessions let's say that he makes bad confessions all the time and he doesn't know it and then he gets around and he's even making bad confessions against the church right Like he's saying, man, this thing just ain't never going to get better. This thing, even when it goes good, just wait, it'll go bad. You know, what if he's always saying stuff like that? Well, now he's not just affecting himself, is he? He's affecting other people, right? What would we need to give in that situation? See, a lot of people, they just want to be like, look, you need to straighten yourself up and get your mouth right. Mm -mm -mm." Right? And and, you just, but what a, if you were that person, he doesn't even know what he's doing wrong. If you're that person, what would you want? Some patience? Some humility? See, pride says, I know what's wrong, I need to go tell him." Humility says, I need to let the Holy Spirit be the teacher. I need to let God be God. You would want patience and humility. So here's the thing. We got people all around us, all the time, and they are just scratching on, on on the chalkboard of your of your mind. I mean, they 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 come in the room, and there's certain people, and it's like you see them, and this could be at work, it could be at church. Don't tell me about that part though. And uh, it, and they walk in, and you go, and and it's like scratches right now that you're like oh golly here they come again the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement you shall love your neighbor that you get along with as yourself you shall love your uh, neighbor that makes you comfortable and happy as yourself You shall love your coworker that doesn't get on your nerves as yourself. That's not what it says. It doesn't put any qualifier except that they're your neighbor. They're the person that's next to you. They're the person that sits next to you. They're the person that works next to you. They're the person that worships next to you. They're the person that loves the devil. They're the person that loves anything that ain't you. They're the person that hates you. That's your neighbor. And he says, this is how you fulfill the law. I don't care how much they're scratching the chalkboard in your head. Our job and our call and we fulfill the law of Christ by loving on them. And two keys in that is humility and patience. Not a pride that says, I know what your problem is and I'm going to tell you how to fix it. That that is pride. That's pride. And Watch this. We'll go on here. In verse uh, 15, this is so interesting. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. In other words, if you don't apply some humility and some patience and some mercy and some forgiveness to one another, what, what he's given right here is a warning. Do you know what's going to happen? You're going to eat each other up till there's nothing left. Just one big ball of mess. Humility, patience. Verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of God of the flesh walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh for the flesh sets its desire against the spirit you've heard me many times say the flesh and the spirit are in opposition to each other this is where it comes from Uh, verse 17 for the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh for these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are under the law. So what we need to do is as soon as we, you know, see that person or hear that person or something, you know, the one that scratches the chalkboard of our mind and they walk in and they're coming to us or they popped out of nowhere and all of a sudden they were there. I've been trying to avoid them all day and now all of a sudden they're right in my cubicle or whatever and and they're there and they're on you and then they say something stupid and now you just want to punch them in the throat or something else. Bad. As soon as we feel that feeling, as soon as we feel that feeling This is what we need to do. We need to start, if you're filled with the Spirit, which you need to be filled with the Spirit, you need need to start praying in the Spirit. And what that's going to help you do is, and this is what needs to happen, is you start seeking what the Holy Spirit wants you to do and not what your flesh wants to do. Because punching people in the throat, believe it or not, that is not a gift of the Spirit. I've read it. It's not in there. Sometimes it feels like it, but it is not a gift of the Spirit. A gift of the Spirit is this in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is... Now think about that person that's grading the chalkboard. Think about that person. And then think about that person and see if any of these would have come to your mind while you were thinking about that person. Love. Love. Nope, not to the fleshly mind, nope. Joy, mm-mm, nope. Peace, no, they, they are not bringing peace. Patience, kindness, <laughs> goodness, no, <laughs> everything opposite of that. Faithfulness, gentleness, no, no. No gentleness coming to my mind freshly at the moment. No, I want to be very harsh. That's generally what's coming to our minds in the flesh. Self-control. No, I just want to let loose. <laughs> I want to let it go. But see, against these things, when we operate in these things, against such things, there's no law. There's nothing in those that will bring you to death. Matter of fact, what is in those will bring you to life and will bring that person to life as well that's and see a lot of times uh, humility says this it ain't just about me it's not just about me maybe it's that person that God wants me to be a light and a witness to you mean God would put my most irritating person as my mission if nothing else he'll help you build muscles for yourself or they will you've heard me probably tell the story of a customer I had one time named Eddie and uh, man every time I walk in Eddie would ask me some stupid dumb question I got so sick and tired of going to go see Eddie I hated going to that place He'd always ask me this dumb question. Well, guess what? Over a period of a couple years, he kept on asking dumb questions. Every month I'd go in there, ask me some stupid question. It wasn't a stupid question. Uh, It was just one I didn't want to answer, you know. But over a period of a year and a half, two years, I found out that the questions that Eddie asked me uh, challenged me to dig into what I needed to know. And at the end of a couple years, actually, Eddie had become kind of my best friend because now I could answer his questions without having to go back and research a bunch of stuff. And I had more information about my business than I had ever had before. And so was Eddie a hindrance? Well, only if I let him be. But here's the other thing. If I'd have walked in and been like, hey, Eddie, how you doing? You know, here's your stuff, you know, like this. What kind of witness is that? But if I come in there and he asks me some dumb question and you know my flesh is going oh, 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 stupid question, you know, but you, you, you put the flesh down and you love on and anyway. Oh, well, that's a great question, Eddie. That's just awesome. And in your head, you're going, no, it's not. It's stupid. It's just dumb. But here's the thing. Is it just about me or is it also about Eddie? It's about him. And so even if I do think it's a stupid question, even if it was a stupid question, not just I thought so, it was one, that's okay because that gives me an opportunity to be a light to Eddie or whoever it is that's scratching the chalkboard of your head that's that irritation. And that's when we got to decide ahead of time because if you decide this when you get right into the moment, you decide this right when you get into the moment, you're probably not going to have the right answer. You need a mind set on the spirit. A mind set on life. Not a mind set on the flesh. You need to have some answers already, you know, so when somebody punches that irritation button on you, you go, bing, love comes out. Jay. you know bing, joy comes out. You need to have a mind that's set on that. A mind that's set. So in other words, this is stuff that we need to have already looked at, decided, the next time I see or hear that or feel that feeling, this is what's going to come out of me. This is what's going to come out. And what are those things? Love, joy, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I need to move into the area where law has no hold on me. And if I move in the area of my flesh, law's got a hold on that. And so I try to come in here and and be Mr. Christian that goes to church on Sunday, but I move in my flesh, all of a sudden, law's got a hold on me. It's not bringing life to me or to that person. It's not bringing either one. But if I will move in the Spirit and I will seek after the Spirit, now all of a sudden, life can come. See, these things, this fruit of the Spirit, this humility, this patience in particular, it is the thing that will bring the grace of God to us. Let's turn uh, now, let's turn to uh, James chapter 4. And we're going to, we're going to look at uh, verse 6, James chapter 4 and verse 6. And while you're turning there, I'm just going to read you this scripture. This is in Ephesians five, and it says in uh, Ephesians five eighteen. I'm going to read you. Just listen to this. If uh, if they put it on the screen, fine, look at that. But don't turn to it in your Bible right now. You can turn to it later, uh, verse five eighteen. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. In other words, allow the Holy Spirit to fill you even when that person is irritating you. Uh, Verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. That means you are allowing the melody of God's goodness to come out of your heart and it's not only coming out of your heart but it's coming out of your mouth to one another that goodness that love that joy that patience humility it's coming out of you to to one another always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God even the Father verse 21 and this is the main point I want to get to and be subject that word there means humble humble yourselves be subject subject yourself Put yourself in submission to one another. And it says in the fear of Christ. And then what that means in today's language is in the reverence of the anointed one and his anointing. In the reverence of Christ. Humble yourself. Submit yourself to one another. In other words, uh, um, you know, if you did um, uh, like wrestling and, or jiu-jitsu or something like that, one of the ways to end the match is by tapping. All right, that's it. I'm submitted. And you submit. One person will submit the other. That means that one person will basically force them and bend them to their will until they have control. Okay? In other words, it will force them until that person has control. That is, And you will have submitted them. What that means is this, that out of love, this is what love does. And it, love does not take abuse, but it submits itself. It, the person submits themselves to the other. To the other. In other words, let's say that we're at home and uh, Nicole wants to eat steak and cheese and I want pizza. Well, what do you do? This is a really silly example, but you need to see this expanded and multiplied. We ought to both have an argument almost deciding which one is going to get the other food. She ought to say, no, we'll have pizza. And I'll say, no, 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 no. we'll have steak and cheese. And she'll say, no, 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 we'll have pizza. And I'll say, no, 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 no. we'll have steak and cheese. Why? Because we're submitting ourselves to one another. That has never happened. <laughs> but here's my point. See, a lot of times we try to hold on to what we want so much. There's no submission to one another at all. And see, what are we missing out on? We're missing out on the reverence of Christ. We're not honoring who Christ is in the heart of who he is because we're holding on to I'm right. I want what I want. But humility says this, that we humble ourselves to one another, we subject, we submit. I give myself over to what she wants, whether or not I want it or not. That's what love does. It doesn't mean that you go to the place of abuse. There's there's context for not being there. But she's doing the same thing. If we're both doing that, which one of us is lacking? Neither one, because she's supplying things to me and i'm supplying things to her there is no lack and see there's a lack that's been happening in god's best in our life and a lot of it has to do that we are not submitting ourselves and humbling ourselves to the things of god or to which is one of those things humbling ourselves to one another we got to give ourselves Oh, uh, you know let's say that uh, man i like picking on you john you're right here and uh and so let's say that john tells me man i'm going to be there at uh, at nine o'clock and i'm going to help you do uh this and it will be done right and you know if he put his word on it what should happen he should be there and he should do what he said or else he should not have spoken in the first place okay that's excellence that's godliness as well but here's the thing I'm the one that he told that to, and he wasn't here, and he didn't do that. What should I then do? Forgive him. Oh, oh, you know, dude, I just totally messed up. I forgot, and and I wasn't here. It's alright, man. It's no big deal. It'll get handled anyway. God's got this. See, a lot of times the reason why we can't give humility to somebody else is because we don't have faith in God to back it up and make the thing right in the first place. See, it's more our lack of faith and we want to take it out on the person for getting it wrong. It's not God. It doesn't mean that it was excellence on his part or godliness uh, to miss it that, that's not saying that at all but when we're faced in that situation we need to have so much love springing out of us that it is easy to say that's no big deal and let it go and and here's the way let's say uh that um uh, miss dixie and miss rebecca they're they're not related but they both go to the same church right and let's say that, that man, Miss Dixie really got on Rebecca's nerves the other day in service. I mean, she was just singing so loud and out of key, and it just got on my nerves. And she won't shut up. And she keeps standing next to me, like go to the other side of the church. I'm just using that as an example, but it could be anything. They just won't stop. And what's happening Part of the reason it's not stopping is because we're not giving a humility to one another. And so what happens is there's a lack of love in between two because neither one is given humility. And all of a sudden, they're not experiencing God's best. They're experiencing lack. Lack of fellowship, lack of love, lack of everything. And because there's no humility, there's no spirit in it. There's no patience in it. There's no spirit in it. And so there's no life in it. There's no fullness of life. Matter of fact, it brings death. It brings bad stuff instead of good stuff. But see, so a lot of times what we need is we need that. We don't recognize that it's the humility that brings the answer that we're looking for. Uh, Here in James chapter 4 verse 6, but he, talking about God, but God gives a greater grace. If I could just wrap up grace right now for you and give you a gift of grace and you could apply it at whatever, in whatever area of your life you wanted, I could just wrap up grace and give it to you. Would I have any takers tonight? Uh, Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. All right, but that's just grace. This verse says that he doesn't just give grace. He gives greater grace. He gives. There's there's a grace, and then there's a greater, a greater grace. So how many people would take a greater grace if that was available? It's available. Here's how you unwrap the present. Humility. That's how you receive it. Humility. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Gives grace to the humble. The proud is opposed to God. They're not going to win. They're not going to win. God's bigger. God's greater. You remember God is greater than whatever. You also will fit in that line. He's greater than you. He's bigger than you. You ain't going to (laughs) win. God's greater. God can fix any of your problems. Jesus is greater than any of your problems. And if you become God's problem, he's bigger than you too. (laughs) But humility goes along with God, but pride puts us just like that. And pride is the one that looks at a situation and says, "Well, I got a right uh, to be uh better off and they're just getting on my nerves. They're just getting on my nerves. I got a right. They're just they're doing wrong. I deserve better." That's pride. There's no humility. There's and now there's no grace in that area. See, a lot of times we're after our rights instead of being after the rights of the other person. That's a big one. You see, we're more concerned with our rights than their rights because they have a right to Jesus and the fullness of him. And if we would get about their rights, our rights would be taken care of. But a lot of times we're after our rights and trying to grab a hold of it and keep it and it's just like sand. We cannot hold on to it. We can't hold on to it. And it's because we're focused on us. Word, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Not seek first the kingdom and your righteousness. Your rights. His righteousness. His rights. And his rights says that person deserves me and if you will learn how to be the light even when they're being a butt to you, you will learn and see the grace of God spring up in both of your lives. You ever heard, heard that uh, story that talks about um, the guys, uh, people sitting around the table, four people sitting around the table and attached to their arm. Uh, they're they're kind of bound up, but attached to their arm is a long spoon. And it's so long they, that they cannot. There's one uh, bowl of soup in the middle and they're all starving. And, and they can reach the spoon, but they can't get it to their mouth because the spoon is so long it's out here they can't move their arm back far enough to get it you ever heard that story and so here's what happens uh john and george will you come here for a second so stand right here we'll just use three people in this example here here you go george stand right there so and face this way there you go so imagine we're all sitting around a table and we all have a spoon and the bowl's in there and i can't get it to me as long as i'm focused on me i ain't eating and we're all starving but if i would take my spoon and give it to him and he would take his spoon and give it to him and he would take his spoon and give it to me now we all eat this is the way the kingdom works When we start focusing on other people besides ourselves, that's humility towards one another. Grace comes. Amen. Thank you. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore it says God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. Verse 7, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. He will flee. This is a promise of God. He will flee. We've got to submit, humble ourselves to God. Let's go back uh, to 1 Peter chapter 5 and we'll finish here. Well, we might have one more. In 1 Peter 5, 5, It says, you younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders. Subject. Submit yourself to your elders. Subject. Submit yourselves. See, humility and submission, even though people have taken advantage of it for years, humility and submission is a way of God. And there's a power waiting to be released when we understand humility and submission. When we give ourselves and commit ourselves and submit ourselves, this is a power that a lot of the church has missed out because it's like, oh no, that pastor ain't telling me what to do. Uh Uh-uh, no, that's not me. And all of a sudden, they just missed out on grace and greater grace. There's a grace, I can, just, I can show it to you in other ways, there's an anointing they will never partake of. They will not partake of because they won't submit and humble themselves. And it's the same way with the people around us. There's a grace that we will not receive. You younger men, likewise, subject, be subject to your elders and all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Clothe yourself with humility. For God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Let me just show you something. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Humility is, will place you under the protective hand of God where nothing can touch you. And at just the right time, when it's time for God to pull you out and show you, show his glory on you to the world, at the proper time, he will exalt you and hold you up. He will hold you up to the world. But it comes from staying in humility. But then you notice that the next thing it says is cast all of your anxiety or all of your cares on him because the opposite of humility is that if I don't do something, I'm not going to get my way. Or if I don't do something, they're just going to keep treating me bad. In other words, it's a lack of faith and trust in who God is. When we, put on, when we have anxiety, it is there because of a lack of humility towards God. It's there because we really don't trust him to fix the issue. We really don't trust him to do that. But we need to. And humility will protect you under the hand of God until the time where he says, they've walked in this humility, they've walked in this humility, and now the harvest of their righteousness is coming about. Due season is now. And he lifts you up. And God is glorified. And you move into... God's best Hebrews 6 verse 12 see patience is a work of humility as well they go hand in hand because when we humble ourselves to God if this is a timeline we can walk a long, see humility can walk a long way in patience because it humbles itself to the knowledge of God I know God's got me things might not be looking and feeling the way I want them to feel right now or looking the way I want them to look I know God's got me I humble myself to who you are God and I'm believing I'm doing the best that I know how and, but I'm still not seeing it for whatever reason but Father I trust you See, that's humility, and that will breed patience in your life. And then this verse says in verse 12 that you would be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. See, humility brings the grace, and patience brings the promise. Humility brings the grace, and patience and faith bring the promise. And so if you will just humble yourself under the hand of God, knowing that God's got you. I might not feel and I might not see the things that I want right now, but God's got me. Get that in your heart right now. God's got me. God's got me. Now that doesn't mean that you just say God's got me for the rest of your life. That means that you are actively applying faith. It doesn't say just patience alone inherits promises. It's faith and Patience, In other words, I need to apply some trust and belief that the promises of God are going to manifest in my life. That is humbling myself under the hand of God, that I'm applying faith. Applying faith is humbling myself. But then when I apply those two things with patience, the promises have to come to pass. Last verse, you know, we started in Galatians. We'll go back to Galatians 6. We started in Galatians and verse Galatians 6 2 says this bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ I think the point for tonight to wrap it up is in order to move into God's best we need to meditate on humility we need to meditate on patience. But you are not in this world alone. You need to meditate on humility and patience yourself. You need to spend some time there. You need to have a mind that's set and ready to, when, when it is punched in the gut by an irritation, that it spews out humility and spews out patience. You need to have these things inside of you and be so full of them. Well, this takes some meditation on your part. This takes getting in the Word and knowing who God is. So that when irritation comes along, what comes out of you is humility and patience. And because this brings about the grace and the promises of God. It brings about not just a little bit of God, but God's best. But we need to make sure that we understand that even though we need to meditate on this alone and it's something for us to go after God in, that we are not alone in this world. And the major place where humility and patience is going to be seen is with one another. It's going to be with one another. And in order for us to bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ, and walk into God's best, we're going to have to apply that humility and patience to one another as well, and seek after somebody else's rights more than my own over my own bear one another's burdens, in other words, I need to stop looking at what I'm lacking and I need to be looking around and seeing who can I help how can I help them and then you know it's like let's say that let's say that George is uh, man I like him he's one of my best friends I really like him you know and so when I'm looking around and I'm going who can I help let's see if George needs anything because I like him anyway and it's easy for me to do that uh, that's not humility that may be who God says but you ever been in one of those situations and. And, and le- I'm, I'm going back, I'm going to pick on John again, amen. So let's say that in this situation, this is not true, of course. I love, man, I love you, and you know that. But here's, let's say that John is one of the most irritating people to me. Let's say that. George is one of my best. He's, a, he, he's on my Christmas list. He might, he might even get a special car with a gold star on it, because I just really like him. He's my best friend. And so I'm looking to help bear one another's burdens, and all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, can I meet something in George's life? And then God says, John needs something. Oh, I didn't want to hear that. No, God, oh, come on, not John. Anybody but John. Is there anybody else needs help? Anybody in this section needs some help? Come on, if I do that, man, he's going to be like you know, all over me for the next two months and he's such an irritation to me. No, it's not true at all, but have you ever run in that situation? Because that's exactly who God's going to have you help. Not every time, but a lot of the time. Why? Because he's building up him and you. See, we got to be willing to take some humility into hearing all of that and say, hey, that's who it needs to be. And get to the point where we, you know, God brings up that person that's the biggest irritation and we go, Oh, praise God. That's God's love in action. It's going to be awesome. This is humility that says, Hey, this ain't happening the way I wanted it to happen. But that's okay because it's God's plan and it's going to be awesome. It's going to come about awesome. Moving into God's best. Two keys. Humility and patience. Get us to the place where when the irritation punches us in the gut, that's what comes out of us, that we are so set. Our mind is so set. But that's generally going to happen in between people where humility and patience is going to be needed. And we need to be looking to serve the rights of others over ourselves, bear the burdens of one another, and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. And in the place of the law of Christ, grace reigns. The righteousness of God Manifests the power of God And God can be What he wants to be through you Amen Amen. Father we just praise you Lord thank you for giving us Humility And grace Lord thank you for opening up Your best to us And saying hey the harvest of your righteousness Can increase Lord thank you Father for that Lord you These are things that you did not have to make available. You could have just saved us and left us in a complete uh, stinky world with a lot of stinky things. But you didn't leave us in that place. You gave us the ability to not only be saved for eternity, but you gave us the ability to be saved in this world. Lord, let your best come about We apply faith towards that. And Lord, we meditate on humility and patience. Not just in our own lives and by ourselves, but towards everyone around us. We will love our neighbor as ourselves. We will consider them. We will think about them higher than ourselves. Lord, we will love on them. And we will fulfill the royal law, the law of Christ, the law of your love. And we will see grace manifested in the best, in your best. And we will thereby, out of our abundance, have everything we need to do every good deed. Lord, let us be in your plan. Let us be a part of what you're doing and not just on the sidelines. We want to be in the game. And we get in the game through humility and patience. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great night.